You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. 3CR and Uprise Radio would like to acknowledge the Kulin Nation as the traditional owners and caretakers of the land that we are broadcasting on today. We want to pay our respects to their elders, past, present and future, and we want to recognize and acknowledge any Aboriginal people that are listening to the show today and to acknowledge that this always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Thank you everyone for joining us again for another episode of Uprise Radio. It feels like a long time since we've been um, uh, recording. I think we recorded a couple of shows uh, together um, and then have you know released them out to you. So um, you know, that's a behind the curtain sort of secret there, I guess. I've just... Um, you just spilled uh, the beans. There. Mm. The veil's dropped. It, what are you doing? <laughs> it does feel like a long time since we've um, been recording the show, but... Um, yeah, and in, the, in welcome, that part, we've really good... Oh, hey, James. Good to, good to see you and to be chatting again. We did record a few shows in that time, and... Um, we hope that you have enjoyed them, but it's good to be back on the airwaves again after a little short hiatus in which we've both been pretty hectic. But it does seem like the um, there is that feeling in the air, isn't it, of, you know, as things are opening up, there's still the anxiety, obviously, of, you know, of COVID and the upcoming election mm-hmm. and all of these sort of things. I think it's, um, it's sort of a lot happening, you know, after a pretty tumultuous couple of years. So still getting used to that, I think. Yeah, there is a strange feeling in the air. And, uh, you know, I guess we must mention Jackson is not um, going to be on the show for this episode, but you know, you'll be able to hear his dulcet tones uh, next episode. Um, you, you did mention there about the kind of strange feeling of the election coming. And we're going to be talking a little bit about the election uh, on the show today. And... You know, I guess um, it feels like, you know, as people that are really kind of politically engaged and, um, you know, being involved in, you know, aspects of politics for a long time, that, you know, you have to talk about the election. And of course, you know, there are lots of aspects which, uh, you know, are interesting and intriguing uh, for what will happen, you know, in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, but, you know, I guess for some of us on the left as well to see that, it's not going to really bring the kind of change that we might uh, be hoping for. Uh, we've got a couple of things that we're going to play through the show. And um, sorry, should we uh, kick it off with a track just to get us in the mood a little yeah. bit? Pale, pale, politician. Can you make a right decision for all of us? Yeah, for all of us. Can you make a right decision for all of us? Yeah, for all of us. Pale, 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 politician. Can you make a right decision for all of us? Yeah. 
track was Politician by Cora and that was a Patty Free remix and also uh, just after that you heard a soundbite from the Abolition Block Party that happened on Saturday at the back of Mitre Detention Centre where some really so solid crew uh, locked, fenced in to the gate, played some tunes for a few hours in solidarity with the refugees and uh, all the people on 501 visas who were still being disgustingly and violently locked away in there. Um, so that was a little soundbite from there over the three-day mobilisation for the refugees. And I think that that came, I mean, it always comes at a good time for something like that as long as people are being locked up, you know, we need to free them all. But uh, as we are going to be talking about the upcoming election, um, something that's really stuck in my mind is just how uh, in the last week, I mean, we know the Libs' position on refugees, um, but Labor just reinforced their turn back the boats policy uh, and strengthening borders and their support for mandatory detention uh, just last week, um, which is a series of expletives that I probably should withheld, withhold from saying right now. Um, but as, you know, with that announcement coming up, to the election, there's really, it doesn't give any sort of hope or, um, and it comes with a lot of frustration and anger 
that this is just going to continue. You know, what what is the difference between the two parties if this is, you know, they're both inhumane? Yeah, it. Um, I think you know, even obviously, Bill Shorten is not really a um, inspiring leader of the left either. But you know, from the last election in which the Shorten led Labor Party really had a lot of policies that they were heading towards the election with. This one is, you know, it seems even more so Albanese is kind of uh, just not Scott Morrison. You know, it's yeah. really devout of a lot of, uh, you know, differential kind of policies, uh, things that you might hope that uh, Labour Party might stand for. Um, and before, you know, before we get into kind of a few of the clips and things, I, um, I don't know, I wonder, like, what's your relationship to the elections or, um, you know, do you have a, a story about um, election day or, or voting or, you know, how are you kind of feeling about, about this upcoming election? You know what, and it's sort of, um, as you had mentioned before, you know, when you've been in politics and political action for a while, it does, it feels funny to hear the words out of my own mouth say that actually uh, this campaign, I feel very, very disconnected from. I really don't have, I don't have the words to describe how disenfranchising it is, I suppose. And this, you know, from, from as from a voter's perspective to kind of see that there are these parties with really not, to me, it seems not very different policy platforms. Um, most, you know, so much of which I, I just can't get behind, you know, they're still Absolutely, you know, there's still deaths in custody. There's silence about deaths in custody. There is still huge uh, housing issues. Um, and there's still the crisis in aged care, which is continuing. And also just this gross militarization that is coming from both sides of the major parties that is just seeming to continue. It's just sort of like who can get the longer gun as a euphemism. <laughs> mm. And so. Yeah, it is. It's hard. It's disheartening, isn't it? Yeah, very much so. Um, so you know, it does it does feel funny to say that I'm I'm kind of disconnected from it in a way because I just don't have any any hope or excitement for it at all. Mm. What about you, James? What are you? What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I think that it, you know, obviously, like these elections, generally, you know, parliamentary elections are not where I think the change is going to come from. Um, and this election itself, you know, sometimes it, 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 you have to remind yourself that the kind of campaign is going on, I think. You can look in your letterbox and see that it is, I suppose. Yeah, I think that um, it feels like Scott Morrison has kind of been campaigning ever since he was elected. I mean, I think that's kind of one thing. And, you know, it's a, part, it's a strategy that we saw really Donald Trump do as well in America, where as soon as he was elected, he, he, he was campaigning all the time. And I think, you know, that's the kind of approach that Morrison has taken, I would say, pretty unsuccessfully. But it's hard to distinguish what he's been doing now to the rest of the time. And, you know, I think from Labor perspective, at least Albanese has become visible for a long time. You know, the strategy seemed to be to let Morrison be out there on his own and, and to watch him make mistakes. And that will help Labor. And undoubtedly, that has helped Labor. I think that you know, a lot of the campaigning around uh, getting rid of Morrison has shown up Morrison's mistakes and, and, and the whole federal government's kind of mistakes. 
But it's also um, allowed a space for, you know, more fringe parties like the UAP to get a bit more of a stronghold because they've also been campaigning for a while off the back of the, um, you know, anti-mandate stuff. And so, you know, it is, I think that's important in the, in the lack of sort of, I suppose, campaigning or that, that silence, as you said, from Anthony Albanese um, and mm. Labor has perhaps Hello, allowed I'm a place for uh, these other fringe parties, you know, and, and I think that that is also going to be quite dangerous and maybe a little bit more, um, there's going to be a bit larger of a voter base, you know, voting for those people than we might hope or expect to see. Sorry, we were just interrupted there by another one of uh, the UAP's targeted advertising and, you know, these ads pop up everywhere and unfortunately, even at 3CR, we've been forced to take uh, one of these ads, you see the billboards and signs up everywhere. And we also, uh, you know, been forced to take uh, an ad from the United Australia Party. So um, we'll just have to go to that now. Hello, I'm from the United Australia Party. You may have noticed our election ads in a few places lately, such as everywhere. That's because when you have stacks of money to spend on your election campaign, you can make sure everyone sees your bullshit. Especially all the disaffected people who are rightly pissed off with this government. That's why we're running to give Australians an alternative choice of bullshit. So if you're ready to not make any change at all, vote one United, United Australia Party. Because politicians don't care about you, but we do. That's why our leader voted to get rid of penalty rates if you work on Sunday and public holidays. Voted to increase the cost of student debt, the cost of subsidised medicines, and the corporate tax rate. Just kidding, he voted to reduce that one. You workers, students and sick kids. We oppose both the Liberals and Labor. That's why before leaving the Liberal Party, Craig never once crossed the floor to vote against the majority of his party. He's a maverick. And it's why, after spending millions on ads that won him zero seats in the last election, Clive was still chuffed because he said the goal was to ensure Labor didn't get into power. Freedom. We stand for freedom and sovereignty. That's why Craig also voted to put welfare recipients onto cashless debit cards that rob people of their freedom and sovereignty. Freedom, freedom forever. forever. Like freedom from work. And the freedom to totally make like telling you the United Australia Party is a continuation of the United Australia Party led by Sir Robert Menzies 90 years ago. Thank the AEC can't regulate truth in political advertising. Bullshit forever. Because nothing says bullshit like appropriating the name of a party that asked the country to make the ultimate sacrifice by fighting Nazis in the war and using it to scare you from having a jab and wearing a mask. Do we even believe our own bullshit? No, but that's okay, because we stand for free speech. That's why we turn off comments on all our videos. And it's why Clive's suing someone for hurting his feelings. And threatened to sue a YouTuber for calling him Fatty McHead. We'll probably sue whoever made this video too, just to prove we really are heads. End the lockdowns. Sure, they've already ended, but who cares? We want you to stay angry. Because the whole point of this party is to farm your angry protest votes and funnel them to these guys via preferences. Remember how every one of our how to vote cards in the last election told you to put the Liberals second? You, you, you can, can totes trust us again. Put Australia first. Like Craig did when he voted against raising the age pension. Against increasing marine conservation. And political transparency. And diversity of media ownership. And against restricting donations to political parties. The biggest of which are, of course, the donations Clive makes to us. Ensuring that you'll see our the election ads everywhere. everywhere. On your telly, in your paper, newsfeed, YouTube ads, even in your 
text messages. Vote one for Menzies. I mean us. Whatever, it's a vote for this anyway. Authorised by Sir Robert Menzies, Queensland. Wow, surprised that got onto 3CR, but um, I think that was uh, Juice Media. Um, hopefully put that together. And yeah, big up to Juice the, Media uh, for continuing to... <laughs> yeah, these things are just great and they're full of mm. important information. Uh, yeah, you can hear the unbeeped version if you head to their social media pages. But uh, I think um, it, it's certainly, it, it's hard to predict what the impact that the United Australia Party is going to have. But, uh, you know, I think the prediction is that it's going to be a very tight election. And, you know, I think no doubt that that's possible that they could have more of an impact than we certainly want them to. So it's concerning, I guess, you know, like having that um, much influence on politics with someone who individuals just being able to put so much money into it. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, I mean, it's always, it's, it's much more explicit now mm. uh, than it sort of seemingly has been in the past. I mean, you know, the mention of the Indu card there, you know, you can't forget that it was Twiggy Forrest the person who who's through his foundation and research brought in the Indu card um, or the you know the basics card initially to say that uh, welfare quarantining and things like that would work. So the the mining interests definitely of people and how they trade certain policies it's always been there. Yeah, but I think um, you know I I think really the only rival I would say that we've seen to this kind of spending has been you know, Rupert Murdoch sort of influenced through, uh, you know, his media empire. And undoubtedly the last election, 2019, when um, Clive Palmer spent $84 million on the campaign did have a big impact on, you know, Labor not being elected. So, yeah, I think we will see an impact of that for sure. And, and I guess, um, you know, we were talking off air about the potential impact of, um, you know, the COVID restrictions, the um, vaccinations, um, the lockdowns and all of that. And I guess we're, yeah, we're kind of yet to see the impact of that, obviously, on a federal level. We've had some uh, by-elections and state elections in the time of the, um, while the pandemic has been going on. And, you know, mostly they've continued with the status quo of, of the government. I mean, it's, it's interesting that the UAP pushed this kind of anti-labour agenda with the vaccines and everything, yet it was a Liberal government that was in power that supported all of these kind of things as well. So, you know, mostly that has been a, you know, bipartisan support between Labour and Liberal. Yeah, and except when a, a way that the federal government sort of snaked their way out of claiming any responsibility in order to con- to, to keep that support and votership is through then uh, putting responsibility and onus back onto the states. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, Morrison uh, certainly does like to sit on a fence, that's for sure. So almost as bad as his raw chicken curries he's been cooking up this week. Mm. I don't know if you saw a picture of those on the internet, but uh, that looked pretty disgusting, not something I'll be eating in a hurry. I wonder if he serves it cold. Because I reckon that's, I'd probably serve him a cold dish, But yeah, I mean, of course, you know, there are other people 
um, running in the elections, you know, the Victorian Socialists and, you know, 3CR's own Joe Toscano, um, you know, always competes or um, contests the election um, in his area as well. And, you know, there are candidates that people can vote for in their areas that I think uh, will more align with the kind of political values that, um, you know, they most likely have if they're listening to our show. Um, but yeah, it, it'll still be, uh, of course, I, well, for me, something that I will be, um, you know, tuning into and, you know, um, interested in, in what the kind of fallout is from the election. I think that, you know, there's a lot of kind of little nuanced sort of parts of what might happen in terms of these um, possibility of a hung parliament, um, some of these kind of climate independence, um, potentially forming the balance of power, uh, you know, whether some of the people like Vic Socialists are able to um, get a Senate seat or anything like that. And, and I guess the impact, um, you know, of the Greens and UAP and those kind of parties. Yeah, and I think what you said earlier is right that, you know, we're, we're the parliamentary channels, although change happens, you know, we also don't forget that where we can, we can still get out on the streets and we can still, you know, keep keep that fire alive on the streets and in, in our actions and what we're doing. It's not, you know, vote and forget, which I'm sure, you know, our listeners uh, know that already. Um, but I think it is, it has been a, a very strange few years, a very quiet few years on the streets and things like that. But I think um, it's the opportunity that we need to get back out there and start making some noise again. Yeah, and it doesn't matter which party is elected, that that's it's going to be something that is really needed. And I think, you know, that if a Labor government is elected, that it generally does, you know, I think mean that there are things that are, um, you know, even marginally better off for a lot of people in terms of the kind of um, potential boost to kind of, you know, um, the welfare state and things like that. But one of the things that really often drops off is that, you know, broader kind of impact of wanting to uh, protest about issues and things like that. So, you know, th th it's obviously we're saying nothing new here, but it is a frustrating kind of aspect of, you know, we have a social kind of democratic um, government in power that should be the opportunity that we have to kind of push them to take on some more kind of radical positions or at least something, you know, some crumbs from the table of capitalism to be able to do something to you know fix climate change or or not backflip on raising welfare or things like that you know that's right yeah yeah well i did want to play another um clip here and uh you know while we've spoken about some of the um you know limitations of uh you know parliamentary politics and, and the greens and, and other parties there um, you know, this is from a couple of weeks ago now, and I'm sure a lot of people have heard aspects of this speech, but I thought it was important to um, highlight it again. It's not, this is Adam Bant when he was speaking to the National Press Club um, a few, um, a couple of weeks ago. It's not the initial thing. I think, you know, he's, it's part of this kind of gotcha journalism where they're really trying to trip up all any, any politicians, but that's not the aspect that I, I'm, Kind of most interested in. Um, I'll play this clip and then um, we'll come back in a moment. Just very quickly, talking of abject fact-checking exercises, you said in the speech that uh, wages growth wasn't going 
uh, particularly well, what's the current WPI? Well, <laughs> Google it, mate. I mean, like, I am, I am sick. If you want to know, if you want to know why people are turning off politics, it's because what happens when you have a an election that increasingly becomes this basic fact-checking exercise between a government that deserves to be turfed out and an opposition that's got no vision. This is what happens. Like, elections should be about a contest of ideas. Politics should be about reaching for the stars and offering a better society. And instead, and instead, there's these questions that are asked about can you tell us this particular stat or can you tell us that particular stat? And those questions are designed to show that politicians are somehow out of touch and not representative of everyday people. Well, newsflash, most of the people in Canberra are on six-figure salaries just passing time until they go out and work for their coal and gas corporations and get a six- or seven-figure lobbying job. Do you know what would be a better you way of showing... Do you know what would be a better way of showing that politicians are in touch with the need of everyday peoples, it would be passing laws that lift the minimum wage. It would be making dental and mental into Medicare. It would be making sure that we wipe student debt and build affordable houses. And when you've got wages growing at about two and a bit percent and inflation growing at about three and a half percent, that is part of the problem. And I would hope, I would hope that at this election, we can lift the standard and turn it into a genuine contest of ideas. Your and unfortunately, you know, I mean, I, I think that um, Adam Bant touches on a lot of what we were trying to say before that, you know, this is not unfortunately a battle of ideas and, you know, like even the debate between um, Albanese and, and Morrison, it's really, it's not just the media, but it's really bottom of the barrel kind of uh, politics at the moment. Yeah, most definitely, and as and I think the the start of that, you know, the the way that it's being reported, as you, know, you sort of touched on, it's like it's it's not a fact checking exercise or um, the clickbait journalism and things like that, where mm. it's sort of actually not getting into what these policies are and what actually how it is how these policies do affect people's lives every day. It's rather than you know just trying to to narrow in uh, and to one up or to make the other person look like a fool. We are going to have to well, wrap up very soon, unfortunately. Yeah, well, you know, I hope whatever people are doing on election night that, uh, you know, obviously, well, I personally do hope that we see the back of Scott Morrison and, you know, we don't have to put up with him again. And, you know, hopefully uh, everyone has a good night and there's some positive outcomes because just what it said about, you know, the um, issues of parliamentary politics and, and all of that. Uh, I do remember 2019, it was a pretty grim night, <laughs> I have to say, of the way that the um, Liberals won and thinking about, you know, the years to come of Scott Morrison. And I'm certainly not keen for another three more of those. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This has been Uprise Radio. I'm Mercedes, joined here by James. Jackson will be back with us very soon. Uh, and we will catch you on the airwaves in another couple of weeks. Oh, I should tell you about my power.
about my mysterious kink. I used to go about fully believing I was invisible. The legendary invisible rock singer cowboy. Open my mouth and spew forth No blues, no news, just Hey, me, yeah, you Over here, Just for a moment I would materialize Anyway Started to talk about this legendary, mysterious, loudmouth, invisible rock singer, cowboy. I began to cool, come back, materialize. Even though I wasn't meaning to, people began to come and see this invisible, loudmouth, legendary rock singer. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.